This is the Side Hustle Show with Nick Loper, episode 62, Lifestyle Business Ideas, and can you really build a business in a weekend? Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where aspiring part-time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality. Because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. And now, your host, Nick Loper. Hey everybody, Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show. This is episode 62, Lifestyle Business Ideas, and can you really build a business in a weekend? My guest is Jesse Krieger, who I actually initially connected with through Haro, helperreporter.com. I submitted a query for um, how people have found their business coach and, and why they ended up hiring them. Uh, Jesse submitted a response, and we kind of compiled the results into uh, a comprehensive blog post on the topic, which I'll uh, I'll link to ran a couple months ago. I'll link to it in the show notes at sidehustlenation.com slash episode 62. And so I, I ended up doing a little more research on Jesse, found out that he's written a book on lifestyle entrepreneurship. He's a world traveler. He's got a ton of cool side projects going on. So I uh, asked him to come on the show, share some of his wisdom with us. Now on this call, you'll hear us uh, kind of spitballing and brainstorming some different business ideas back and forth. And here's where I make the mistake of trying to think off the cuff and host a show at the same time. So you can physically hear the gears turning, but hopefully this conversation sparks some ideas in your brain as well. It definitely did for me. Um, a couple things to be on the lookout for. First is Jesse's explanation of the concept of value density, which I thought was a pretty cool idea. And then the somewhat uh, tough love he offers up for those aspiring uh, entrepreneurs who don't want to invest in their business and in themselves. All right, guys, I'll see you on the other side. Cheers. Hey, Jesse, welcome to the Side Hustle Show. Hey, Nick, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Jesse is the best-selling author of Lifestyle Entrepreneur, Live Your Dreams, Ignite Your Passions, and Run Your Business from Anywhere in the, anywhere in the World, and he's the creator of the Business in a Weekend Bootcamp. So Jesse, let's start off. Tell me about the life of the lifestyle entrepreneur. Actually, let me, let me tell a quick story because this is – I was at this conference and some guy was doing – you know, business reviews or website. It was like a panel discussion or something. Some guy presents his idea and the guy like really was talking down to him. He's like, well, that's, that's great if all you want is a lifestyle business. And that was the first time I'd ever heard the term like in a negative context because I think, I don't know, like I, I feel like that's always the dream. Like if I've got something that can support me and my family and give me the freedom to do what I want to do, like that's the dream, right? So it's just, it was weird that he thought that that was like a, a lower form of entrepreneurship? Well, I think it is from a like a VC or a venture capital perspective. They don't want somebody who just wants a lifestyle business. They want someone who's going to build the next Google if they're putting, you know, tons of money into their, right, right, right. their company. But it is uh, certainly a different approach than like lifestyle entrepreneurship. Definitely. I'll give it that. So what's a, what's like a, a day in the life for uh, for you? Well, I'll give you a, let's see, I'll pick a day from sometime over the last month here. Uh, I woke up in Shanghai at 5.30 in the morning due to reverse jet lag, <laughs> look out across the uh, amazing skyline and then stretch and go take a jog along the, the waterfront as the sun comes up and people are doing Tai Chi and flying kites. Go back, eat some uh, breakfast in the club lounge at the Hyatt and then uh, do some uh, maybe some more exercise but then work for a few hours. I think at that time I was recording the uh, audiobook for Lifestyle Entrepreneur. Okay. 
And then, uh, so do a little bit of work, maybe three, four hours over the day. Go out, meet up with some friends, maybe check out a temple or a cool location in the city, and uh, wind up grabbing a, a dinner at a local spot that uh, one of my local friends showed me and hitting the town for a couple of drinks afterward. Yeah, it sounds awesome. But so how do you, like, what was the work you had to put in to get to that point? Well, um, in one form or another, I mean, I've never really had a normal job. So I've always had two or three entrepreneurial projects going on. Over the last half decade, I've definitely been involved in China in, uh, in many different ways, in one form or another. So it's hard to answer that question without, <laughs> you know, tracing back to uh, back to the very the origin story. <laughs> Man, so uh, that's awesome to to like had the hustle to never have to really get a uh, a real job. I think that's that's pretty cool. But for for most of the listeners here, they probably are in a nine to five currently, and trying to figure out how do I get out or how can I make some money on the side to maybe start living this uh, this lifestyle entrepreneur um, life. And and so. One of the common questions that I get is, hey, I'm, I kind of like I want to start a business um, because that's what, you know, that's that seems to be the path to to freedom. But I don't have any good ideas. Like, what, what do you say to people in that situation? Well, I am happy to point out that that they're wrong because generating ideas is something very easy to do from my perspective. I could give a few exercises even while we're on the call. Sure, but I'd also say that. Um, Oh, sure. I mean, generating ideas, like my whole perspective, I mean, you've taken a look at the book and it's like the first few chapters in there is all about what I call discovering your identity. Uh, and you can look at that two ways. One is discovering or removing blockages or things that, you know, don't reflect who you want to be, how you want to show up and, and play in the world. Or also discovering in the sense of like creating something new and looking out to the future of the person you want to become and what you want to be doing. So, I always start from a, a place of personal interest, uh, passion, skills, et cetera, and then extrapolate from there into ideas. The way I look at it is, you know, for any interest you have, let's say cycling, for example, I love to go on uh, road bike rides, is start to look at the economy of products and services that have grown up around it. So, you know, let's just playing forward this example. If, uh, if we're going to say, well, I, I, how do I generate ideas based on something I love? I say, okay, well, maybe you love cycling. Well, what are the, what's the economy of products and services that have grown up around it? Product-wise, you've got accessories, gloves, helmets, riding jerseys, uh, water bottles, any number of things. Mm -hmm. Services, um, you know, training, coaching, information products, how to, be, uh, how to do faster intervals, how to you know, do hill climbs at high altitude. There's any number, I'm just running these off off the top of my head, but any one of those could then lend itself to doing some market research and seeing how you could position yourself to be on the entrepreneur side of the equation, selling these goods or services to others and ultimately building up some type of a business around it. Right. You become a producer rather than just a consumer. Yeah. I mean, when I look at ideas... I, I look at um, just throwing 10 or so out there and then starting to distill down. I don't believe in sitting around and, and waiting for that, the big idea to come because the big idea emerges when you're swimming around in the trenches and trying out a bunch of stuff. I found that to be true in kind of act, uh, action breeds creativity in a way where you, you kind of never think of these 
um, these complementary ideas or these other ideas until you're, you know, uh, you know, a week into the path or even just an hour down into some project and something else comes up or you talk to somebody about it and they suggest, oh, have you thought of such and such? Well, it's like, oh, I never really thought about that. And, and I think that's a powerful exactly. way. It's, I, I look at it as like if uh, all the different interests and passions in the world were spread out like on a radio uh, dial, right? And as you tune into a different station, you're picking up different information and you're lending yourself to have conversations about subjects or topics that uh, that can be a launching point into business idea generation and and getting uh, advice and help and mentorship from people just by broadcasting out your intent and and uh, not even being in business necessarily, but talking about joining or sorry, talking about you know going in a certain direction business wise with your lifestyle. So going back to the bike thing, would you say, oh, I'm going to like kind of explore, you know, four or five different areas all at once? Like, oh, I'm going to try and do something to help people with their interval training. Or I might start a um, an accessory company making, you know, helmet decals or, you know, I'm going to make a, a better, smarter bike, bike water bottle or something. Like, where do you where do you go or kind of like how do you focus? How do you decide what to focus on? Yeah, it's sort of like a, a choose your own adventure where once you pick one uh, direction and then a new set of options opens up in front of you. So if you're going to go down the path of like an existing product type, like gloves or, or water bottles or something, entrepreneurship doesn't always have to be inventing something new that never existed before. If you can just do a slight twist uh, or have a, you know, a more focused website or a better marketing crank, then you can enter a market where there's already existing players and, uh, and, and merge in alongside of them. So I would do some market validation looking at, you know, how many people are searching for terms related to that. Is there going to be sufficient traffic and thereby demand that you can step in front of with an offer? I think where people get caught up or maybe, you know, more the, going back to your first quote of like uh, the, the offhand comment about a lifestyle business versus some more traditional form of entrepreneurship uh, would be that those are tr are creating something where there's may not be a, an equivalent before or like building something and, and also having to educate the market and create demand instead of identifying an area where business is already taking place and, and joining in alongside. If you do it smart, you can start to shave off a little bit of market share from other people before the other companies even really know that you're uh, <laughs> that you exist yeah, i think that's a really smart way to frame it because you know when you hear people say i've got zero competition or i've got and it's like well, that might be a red flag and, for somebody you may have zero uh, potential customers too yeah it might be yeah, i might have a uh, i mean well like there's a ton of examples like google is obviously not the first search engine and and all this stuff um <laughs> but it's a matter of like hey, maybe let somebody else prove the market for you and they talk about this in even in um you know, whatever, Jim Collins' latest, um, great by choice, right? It's like, I'm going to fire, fire bullets, then cannonballs. Like let somebody else, even in this case, let somebody else fire the bullets and then you can come in and, uh, and try and get some market share out of that too. And so it's, competition yeah, I mean, can be a competition could be a good thing. Uh, to put it in context, right? It's somebody that wants to become like a lifestyle entrepreneur, the, the money-making component, the business aspect is the means to the end and should support and amplify your interests and passions. Give a, a glue or a context to explore them further, not be uh, an end in and of itself to build a business and grow, you know, just endlessly. So 
to that extent, entering a market where there's already some proven transactional activity taking place and giving your own twist, being a, you know, a value-adding participant in the market can start to generate the income so you can do the things you want lifestyle-wise, travel-wise, et cetera. And then structuring the business so it can be run from anywhere uh, is is another component to that. Yeah, no, I really like that idea for validation, uh, you know, as a way to quickly validate those ideas. But it's, it's tough still to, to get discouraged. Like if you have like this great idea, and I'll give the example, we were chatting with a, with a friend or colleague over dinner a couple months ago, and we came up with this idea, like we're going to be like the outsource service provider for photographers. We're going to do like all of their editing for them. It's going to be fantastic. Why hasn't anybody else thought of this? Get home from uh, get home from dinner, fire up the computer, and find out there's like a dozen people like already doing this. Some really established companies, mm-hmm. and it's like is super discouraging to see that. But on the other hand, like if I was thinking more positively, or if I you know cared more about this market or whatever, it could be like, okay, this is actually a really a good thing because they're they're obviously surviving and thriving, and they've got customers, and there's plenty of other photographers in the sea that I could go out and capture. I believe it is a good thing. Uh, somebody else or a number of people have shown you that there is a, a viable market for that idea. Right. That, that's, <clears throat> I guess that's my approach to it. Do you go in and I guess the, the t- tendency might be to go in and try and undercut people on price, which I think is probably a risky endeavor because somebody will always, somebody's always going to be the cheaper player. No, I don't want to get into price competition. Um, with people, I don't think that's a really good strategy because one, you attract customers that are bargain hunters and they tend to have much bigger customer service requirements to put it you know, nicely. If somebody's just looking for the absolute cheapest price, then uh, you could, you're probably going to get a headache and, and thin margins out of it as well. Instead, I'd, I'd recommend looking at how you can like differentiate and add value, maybe create something 10 or 15% new on top of an existing proven idea that has, you know, a market that exists around it. Okay. And that can be, uh, if you notice that nobody's offering free shipping, uh, then maybe you can be the company that offers free shipping. Then on the back end, you just adjust your pricing and everything so that you're not losing money on every sale, but that you can position yourself in the market as the guys that offer free shipping. Okay. That's just one example, but um, you know, you could rattle off quite a few more as well. Okay. So it's like instead of just another, you know, a fancily designed bike helmet, this is the bike helmet that integrates, you know, the NFL's anti-concussion technology or something. I don't know. Right. Or, uh, you know, maybe the bike, the only bike helmet that has uh, built-in camelback straw support. So you're never dehydrated on your century mile rides that's probably a little easier to build than mine <laughs> yeah right it's like an existing product and then you do a slight modification yeah. or that's on the product the, the marketing can be the differentiation too if the product's identical right right when you're hiring it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire but what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. 
And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. So, so right there, you know, we went from saying, well, what do people do if they say they don't have an idea? I think we just talked about like 10 different ideas, which uh, I hope reinforces my, my philosophy that idea generation tends to be the easiest part of, of entrepreneurship. Uh, but having the strategies and, and the will to execute on it and, uh, and the humility to you know, ask for help and, and learn what you need to know along the way becomes the real journey. Definitely. Ideas, ideas are cheap. Uh, the execution is what, is what counts. Yeah. But if you get the skill set down, uh, the entrepreneurial skill set, then, then you can start to see with any idea that you, you pick out, like we've just pulled a few out of thin air, how those would how those would apply and start to get an idea, you know, looking forward with that skill set. And once you've gone through the process once or twice, it, uh, it goes from being a really foggy and uh, not clear view. And what do I do next as an entrepreneur to saying, Oh, I see, I'd do this, this, and this. And then at this point I'd try one thing or the other. And, uh, it becomes, it's very exciting in my <laughs> opinion and experience to spend time thinking about these things strategically and, and act, acting on them for my own business ideas or that of clients. Well, that's a good transition into kind of like the execution phase. Like, so after, you know, after I've come up with this idea, what, what would you say is like the first step towards making that, making that a reality, taking the first step to making that a viable side hustle? Well, um, I'm a huge fan of using talent platforms such as elance.com where, you know, if anybody's listening is not familiar, you can hire and manage people that do pretty much anything from graphic design to web development to sales copywriting, even to accounting. Mm -hmm. So I have a, a you know, a pretty linear process of uh, doing like a logo and brand design, starting to get the look and feel for what your new company could be by starting with a, a logo that sort of embodies it. And then using that to do a, a subsequent project where you get a uh, homepage and inner page designs done. And then a third step is getting a developer to put it all together and make it work and install it on a server. So the, the process of going from just an idea to getting an actual brand and an identity around it 
to getting a website, at least a mock-up, and then ultimately having something that's live and, and functional, sort of a three-step process. And especially for people that are in a job currently, like I, I like to say that if you can spend one to two hours a day, three to four times per week doing the right things, you can make steady, consistent progress towards uh, launching a business of your own. So it doesn't need to be an all-in, like, am I going to quit my job and become a full-time entrepreneur <laughs> when you've just come up with an idea? Rather, you can actually build and deploy and even start to grow a business uh, on your side time until you get to a point where there's the real decision of, wow, if I want to scale this thing up more, there's not enough hours in the day, so maybe I should quit my job and, uh, and double down on something. But that threshold is a little bit later than a lot of people expect from my experience. You can get something fully up and running and, uh, and start to optimize it and, and scale it before you really need to make a decision of, uh, of leaving your current job or a configuration you're in before. No, definitely. It's, it's a, um, you know, it's a lower risk brand of entrepreneurship because you're not telling people to go, uh, you know, give your two weeks notice today. Um, you know, it's like, I'm going to build this, you know, iteratively over time and, and ramp it up slowly and, and responsibly. And, and then hopefully the, when the revenue justifies it or when the, the business momentum justifies it, that's when I consider, um, you know, giving, giving my notice and quitting, quitting the day job, quitting the nine to five. I think that's the, the smart way to go about easing into entrepreneurship. Now, if, if, if you want to, if you really hate what you're doing and you've got like six or 12 months of living costs saved up somewhere, then maybe you just want to do it faster and, and quit and jump into it right away. But I think that uh, people are less risk tolerant would go towards more of the side, no, well, the side hustle approach, right? I know. It, ter it terrifies me. Like, you know, the burn the ships mentality, like kind of just, I'm going to, you know, shoot first and ask questions later and I'll figure out, I'll figure out how I'm going to pay my rent next month. Like, Oh my God, that's, that's scary to me. But some people have done it and made it work. So it's like, okay. Well, that, that's the, the, the workaround from that fear or that apprehension is to consistently chip away at it until there's something actual there that's making money and has customers and people are interacting with a, a business or brand that you've created. Then it's not this uh, either or, you know, jump into the unknown or stay with what's familiar. <laughs> definitely, definitely. We'll build it up, build it up over time and, and kind of put in, I like how you said, hey, one to one to three hours a day. I think that's reasonable. Maybe, you know, probably on the lower end of that, getting started. And then as things ramp up, I can, you know, invest more time as I've got more traction. But tell right. me about this, um, about this business in a weekend. Obviously, I love the name of it, but is it really viable to start a business in a weekend? Uh, it is, Nick. And I would also say that business in a weekend really is, it's a virtual boot camp. So I teach it live, but online through uh, webinars and a private membership portal and a private Facebook group. But what it is, is just giving the entire blueprint front to back with tons of examples along the way. And I'm not saying you'll come out, uh, you know, start on Friday and on Monday, you've got a business that's functioning, although we have a few cool <laughs> success stories like that lends itself to specific types of businesses, but rather that over the course of a weekend, you'll have an entire blueprint and already start having taken the first few steps towards realizing it. And that's the, uh, well, that's, that's business in a weekend in a nutshell. Um, can you share any of the success stories or maybe one, you know, one yeah, of the success? I, uh, here's, here's, I'll give you one of somebody that actually <clears throat> over the course of a weekend from zero idea went to not only an idea, but $2,500 in the bank 
and uh, and everything set up. It was pretty pretty awesome to be a part of. So, a buddy of mine, uh, we'll call him Dave, or his name is Dave. So I will call him Dave. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He, uh, so so here's a quick outline of what he was up to. He did like uh, coaching, um, executive coaching, and he wanted to do something that was that broke this one to one tie of like hours spent and dollars earned. Okay. So he's like, okay, well, why do, we were throwing ideas around. Like, why don't you do a conference or like a convention or seminar, invite a bunch of people, and then you know you make more money and you're able to teach and talk about the same thing, but uh, to a, a larger audience. So from Friday afternoon, came up with a, a name for it, put up uh, an Eventbrite page, got a, a soft reservation for a place to hold the event, uh, mailed out to like 60 or 70 people that he knew close and then got a list of 700 people uh, that would be potential attendees and mailed out a separate letter to them. Ultimately, uh, over the by Saturday evening, we were in discussions with people that were considering attending and by Sunday evening, uh, people had signed up to the tune of $2,500 for uh, an event that wasn't even fully mapped out, but rather you know, people bought into the idea and the the rough outline of what was going to happen and who they could meet there and what they could do. And so that was actually what a, a business in a weekend in the, the truest sense. Yeah, that's a pretty, that's a pretty awesome side hustle with, with no startup cost either. Right. Or just, unless he did, he, did he buy the just, list? It, of, there was hustle, but there wasn't startup cost. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And a lot of people come to me, oh, I want to start a blog about such and such. It's like, I don't know, like, you know, a blog is not going to be a business in a weekend, but something like this definitely could be. Well, you could put a you could get a good looking blog together in a weekend, but it's right. not going to be making you a, a ton of money out of the gate. Right, that's right, right. Uh, that's what I, I mean. The caveat, definitely. So, what's like what's your business businesses aside from the running the boot camp and doing the book thing? Yeah, I've got. Uh, well, I have a few. <laughs> so I have my core business and then a few side hustles. Uh, okay, I love it. I love it. Yeah, my core business is, you know, my book, Lifestyle Entrepreneur, is, a, is an entree to a bunch of training programs and products and even coaching that I offer all built around this idea of becoming a lifestyle entrepreneur and helping people on that path. Okay. So that's definitely my main, uh, my main hustle. My side hustles are I've just launched a, uh, a new USB, custom wholesale USB brand, usbstore.co. And we actually just turned it live uh, yesterday. So okay. there's still a few bugs. If anyone's listening and checks it out, don't blame me because we'll <laughs> fix them in just a moment. But, uh, but that's a great business, um, wholesale custom USB drives. And then uh, another one is uh, I'm really passionate about books and publishing. So I'm in the process of, of uh, rolling out a publishing company and have my first uh, co-authors not they are co-authors. I didn't write the book with them, but I'm publishing a book they wrote on uh, Airbnb and how to optimize your Airbnb listing and run your house like a five-star hotel, which is a great way to generate passive income. By the way, for any homeowners out there that want to travel more and uh, and have their you know house work for them in their absence. Definitely. So, so book publishing, uh, promote wholesale wow. promotional products, and you know everything in the the lifestyle entrepreneur family is pretty much what I'm up to these days when I'm working. Cool. So the, the USB thing is like a drop shipping deal. So you don't have to touch the inventory or how does it work? You got it. Yep. The, uh, the only thing I'd really touch would be some uh, dummy samples that have our own logo branded on it that I could send if someone really wants to hold one in their hand before placing an order. But 
here I'll give a tip for uh, for you and all the listeners is you know when I think of physical product ideas like that I think of this concept of what I call value density so what's the the ticket price what what could I get from a, a customer for a 10 pound box of goods right so a 10 pound box of uh, of flash drives could go for a thousand dollars or more and that costs you know 30 or 40 bucks to ship from a factory in in China okay whereas uh, something like foam rollers or or uh, or something you know some other product that's big and, and bulky and very, uh, very lightweight doesn't necessarily have a big uh, you know price tag on it is not a good idea for a, a drop shipping kind of automated business huh okay that's fascinating yeah it's a it's a cool tip um, I'm not sure if anyone else came up with it but I'm claiming it here on the value density we'll, we'll podcast value market. density hey. Um, useful rubric to view product ideas through. Cool. I mean, do you go on like Alibaba and try and find distributors or how does it, this like, I mean, we're, we're getting uh, off tangent, but it, I think this is interesting. No, stuff. This, is, this is useful stuff. I mean, and this is actually stuff we cover in business in a weekend too. For everybody that's listening, there's what I call the big three online platforms for sourcing stuff. And stuff literally means almost anything in the world that's physical. Alibaba.com is one. Global sources is another. And HKTDC, which is Hong Kong Trade and Development Corp, is a third. These are all online platforms where you can find manufacturers, factories, sourcing agents, etc., uh, and basically source physical products, um, largely from China, but also throughout the Asia region and 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 beyond. But got to be honest, China's got the production efficiencies and the uh, and just the pure presence of factories making everything under the sun that uh, and the economies of scale just with the overall size and everything that it is a good i mean a lot of stuff is made in china as it is right so it, i don't view it as only low cost low quality stuff like it may have been at one time hell if you got an iphone it was made in china so quality stuff can come out of there for sure man you think about what a 10 pound box of iphones is worth <laughs> A lot. <laughs> I mean, you, got, you got my you got my head spinning. I'm like, man, what could I source now? Oh, this is um, very very good stuff. Very interesting. Thank you for sharing all that, um, sure. Jesse. If you if you have like an hour a day to spend on your business, say you're still working full time, and and maybe you are working full time on a bunch of this other stuff, um, you know, what do you do to grow to grow a side hustle? Um, you know, in with limited hours per day. I guess me personally, uh, what I would do with one hour a day is go through this very linear process of going from an idea to researching it to getting a, a, a brand like a logo designed, a website built. I just move sequentially through that process uh, in that hour per day, taking advantage. So you get, you get more time, right? You leverage your time when you use outsourcing. So if I spend one hour a day hiring a graphic designer and hiring uh, a developer, then, uh, then I stop after my one hour and they work, you know, eight or 10 hours. And then the next day, eight or 10 hours of work has been accomplished. And I spend my one hour, uh, giving them feedback, telling them next steps and doing any other, you know, any other things that need to be done at that stage in the process. Right. So, at what point are you comfortable, like spending that money? That's a, that's another like pushback that I'll get is, you know, that's, that sounds fantastic. I love the idea of like, you know, time leverage. Hey, I'm going to spend 15 minutes finding an awesome graphic designer and then they're going to go work for three hours. But it's like, then I've got to pay them like a hundred bucks or something. And it's like, I'm not necessarily ready to make that investment. Um, 
what do I say to that? <laughs> to be totally blunt, I say man up. And if you <laughs> if you if you want to build a business, you got to put your money where your mouth is, and it's not a lot of money. You know, I can get a beautiful logo design for fifty or sixty bucks, and that includes multiple rounds of revisions and everything. You can get a website designs done for a few hundred bucks. Get a developer to tie it all together and make it live. You can get a fully functional site up, custom design and everything for under a thousand dollars. And at some point, yeah, as an entrepreneur, aspiring entrepreneur, you got to uh, you got to put up or shut up because. <clears throat> it, the buck does stop at you as a as a business owner. So you gotta. The way I look at it, though, without giving it this like you know charge of put up or shut up, <laughs> is set aside money that you're comfortable. If you lost it and nothing ever came back to you, right? Set aside whatever five hundred dollar kitty and say I'm going to play with this and uh, try and get an idea going and underway. So if you've already set some money aside to dedicate to entrepreneurial pursuits, then then you've already detached this emotional connection of, you know, uh, it's a hundred dollars on my logo design, or you know, take my wife out to dinner. Or right, right, right. You don't want to be making uh, comparisons to necessities or other things you want to do in life. Instead, you want to wall that off and say, this is what I'm willing to spend to give my idea a chance. Right. Make that make that investment. Like, hey, if you believe in it, like, then it's you know, just in investing in your future. I think that's really powerful. And one thing, right. I'm, uh, yeah, go ahead. So I've started to try and, and focus as I'm pretty, I'm not like the world's best investor. In fact, I don't even want to get into it, but um, <laughs> like I've started to try and think of it as a, you know, a percentage of your portfolio or as a percentage of your net worth to allocate towards, towards these projects, towards these, you know, maybe high risk, high return bets and say like, Hey, you know, if I, if I lose it, that's, that sucks, but it's okay because I, that w- I'm not counting on that to pay my rent or to retire on or whatever. Um, but it's like, you know, maybe I don't know what, well, I don't know what that percentage is. If it's 5%, if it's 25%, um, you know, whatever it may be. But I think you, if you, whatever number you're comfortable with to, to invest in yourself is probably your, your best odds of long-term, you know, big returns, you know, rather than, you know, eight to 10% in the stock market. It's a good question. Um, I've never really thought of it in terms of percentages, uh, more in like, uh, absolute costs of what I know it's going to take to get something done at a given level of quality. Right. But uh, I do, I would say, I view any investment in, you know, pursuing an entrepreneurial idea as the best investment you can make, which is in yourself and your own learning. So that compounds over time uh, more than the stock market does. Because if you go through this process five times, maybe four of the ideas don't work, but one of them hits and now you're making, you know, a few thousand bucks from, uh, from, from the process. So... I would say if you can set aside a thousand bucks over the course of one or two months to give your side hustle a, a chance, um, of course, with the caveat that you're doing the right things and, and working intelligently and, and so forth, that that's a good starting point. A percentage, if you want to give it a percentage, <laughs> uh, take 10% of, uh, of your income and, and set it aside into your, your future fund where you're going to be hacking entrepreneurship until you get something that's got legs and and can start paying you so uh you got to keep in mind that it's not a a sunk cost if it's building a productive asset if you're building a business that makes money then uh then the the upfront expenditure is should be a drop in the bucket right 
I like it. I like it. Jesse, thanks so much for coming on the show, sharing all of this awesome entrepreneurial wisdom. Everybody check him out, lifestyleentrepreneurblog.com. Go grab the book. It's Lifestyle Entrepreneur. It's on Amazon and wherever fine books are sold. Um, Jesse, we'll wrap up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. All right. Thanks so much for having me, Nick. And my number one tip for the Side Hustle Nation is take action. Please be the one that steps up and actually starts taking steps towards your goals. You you can sit around and think about it all you want, but it's not going to generate the lifestyle you want. It's certainly not going to build the business that you desire. So take action, even if it's a little bit a day, and it'll compound over time like a snowball until you're just barreling down the hill and, and having a ton of fun in the process. I love it. One step at a time. That's all we can do. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks. Take action. You heard the man. Uh, that's the universal equalizer, right? We can all take action. So where where do you start? Here's a couple ideas, right? I got to close the episode with a call to action. As a thank you for listening all the way to the end, I'm giving away a free copy of Jesse's book, Lifestyle Entrepreneur, to one lucky listener. All you have to do to, uh, to win is head over to the show notes at sidehustlenation.com slash episode 62 and leave a comment with your biggest takeaway from the episode. Again, for a chance to win a free copy of Jesse's book, head over to the show notes at sidehustlenation.com slash episode 62 and tell me what your biggest takeaway from uh, our conversation uh, from our conversation was. Also, if you don't win, you can go to Business in a Weekend, even if you do, you can go to businessinaweekend.co to get the first three chapters of the book for free. Anyways, that's it for the show. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there, make something happen, and I'll see you next week for another exciting edition of The Side Hustle Show. Thanks for listening to The Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com. 